Welcome to Rethinking with Alex Torpy. I am your host, Alex Torpy. In this podcast series, I'll be drawing on my experiences, which you can learn a little more about in episode number eight, to help give us a critical, nonpartisan, authentic space to examine some of the real root causes to the most important issues we see around us. We will question everything, and I hope to provide us a platform to rethink our minds, our communities, our republic, even our existence. Are there topics that you wish I would cover or someone that you think I should interview? Drop me a line at alex at rethinkingwithalextorpy.com. You can find the podcast on Spotify, Apple, Google, Stitcher, YouTube, and anywhere else you listen to podcasts or at rethinkingwithalextorpy.com. Don't forget to leave a good review, subscribe, like, and share with a friend if you like what you hear. Enjoy. Welcome to another installment. Uh, I'm going to talk a little bit about my travels in Ireland as opposed to Northern Ireland, uh, which I just covered in the last episode. So I'd taken a bus down from Northern Ireland from Belfast to Dublin, uh, rented a car and got a map and decided to head out west. I had an Airbnb booked in a rural area in Galway County, and that was kind of where I was planning. That was my next major stop. So I get over to uh, the rental agency for the car, and um, I had never driven on the left side of the road before, at <laughs> least not intentionally. Um, and uh, and I was, so I was also curious because I was uh, going to be renting, you know, a manual transmission, which is what I drive. And you know, anytime I rent a car, I try to do that if possible, which you know, in, in most of the rest of the world is what most people seem to drive. Um, and you know, I when I'm checking out the car. You know, I asked the the clerk at the rental agency, you know, do you have any advice? This is my first time driving on the other side of the road. Oh, no, you know, just, uh, you know, just stay stay on the left side. You know, you'll be fine. Okay, then. Uh, do you have rental insurance? Uh, I'll take it. Um, and so I uh, hopped in the car, and it was a little confusing at first. The only really confusing thing in the, was the traffic circles, though. Uh, of, of going the other direction around a traffic circle. And um, I just had, anytime I see a traffic circle like that, you know, I just get the image of the National Lampoon. I feel like, you know, Chevy Chase, I'm going to be going around forever in there. Um, but so, all right, I get out of the city successfully. You know, it starts to, you know, get familiar pretty, pretty quickly. And driving out west uh, was, it was incredible. You know, I stopped at a few distilleries to, get some samples for later, you know, and saw lots of cows and horses and really lush greenness. I did not know how green Ireland really was. Uh, it reminded me of the way Rwanda looked, which, you know, felt almost tropical um, in some places. And apparently in Ireland, part of the reason why that's the case is just they have very few uh, extreme temperatures, you know, on either end of the scale. And so that's sort of what allows uh, vegetation to grow that way. So I ended up um, at this great Airbnb uh, out in this rural area in Galway County. And uh, it was uh, like kind of an old building, really nice property, uh, lots of uh, like kind of, kind of biodiverse plants um, and things. There's a nice wood-burning stove. And then the host, uh, you know, left me a little breakfast, like this Irish bread the next morning, which like, I actually love like a really dense bread like that, um, with like a little butter and jam, you know, that, that's a, that feels like a hearty breakfast. 
Um, I don't know if it is, but it certainly feels that way, that kind of homemade bread. I had done a little exploring outside, and I think it was a Sunday. It was a Sunday, and I wanted to go get uh, dinner. But I wanted to go to, there was like a couple pubs in the town that was about a 15-minute walk from the Airbnb down this kind of country road. And so I wanted to check it out first and then, you know, head back, uh, drive home and go out knowing that I shouldn't be driving later on. Um, and so I went to one of these pubs and it was open. You walk inside and it was like, you know, the record scratch, like the music stopping in the movies. You know, I walked in, I just feel like everybody immediately knew somehow that I wasn't from there. I think everybody sort of knew each other. Um, and they asked where I was staying. And I said I was staying with Ronan at this Airbnb. And, like, the whole bar was, oh, Ronan! We love Ronan! You know, they were just, like, really excited. Um, and kind of, like, took me in. And they were like, all right, you know, what do you need? I'm like, well, actually, I'm looking for food. Like, what are you guys doing right now? And they said, oh, you know, we're not, the kitchen's closed. It was, like, 8 o'clock. You know, that's another, I think, sort of, you know, U.S. bias is, like, oh, you know, thinking that places are going to be, you know, serve food later. Um, certainly not like that in a lot of the small towns I've been to, like in Europe and elsewhere. And, um, so they were, they, they began, uh, sort of trying to figure out where I could go for food. They were all sort of involved in like trying to figure out how to, uh, help me, you know, get some food. Um, everybody was really nice. Um, and I mean, no less than a half a dozen random people in the bar got involved in this conversation. And so, you know, I, uh, I head out. And I'm going about one or two towns over is the only place that's open. Um, and uh, driving out there and find this place. And it was like kind of like a, you know, sort of a fast food joint sort of thing, um, but not a, not a chain. Um, and, you know, I went to order and I realized that they did not accept credit cards and I had not actually changed currency at this point from Northern Ireland. And, you know, Northern Ireland is in the UK and they were on the pound and Ireland, you know, the Republic of Ireland is part of the EU and they were on the Euro. And so I didn't have any legal tender. You know, I said, I've got US dollars, I've got pounds, I've got credit card. Do any of those work? They said, no, you know, none of those work. Uh, and I said, oh, man. I said, well, you know, where's the nearest, uh, you know, cash machine, ATM, um, that I can get money out? And again, <laughs> multiple people in the place got involved in the conversation. Oh, what about this way? What, no, this is closer, you know. And um, they ultimately agreed that the closest place was back in the direction I had just come from in another town over in that direction, maybe a 25-minute drive you know, back the other way. So I would have had to go back to that ATM, then come back to this place to get the food, then go back to the other direction um, to uh, to park and then go to the bar. And they, they saw me, like, thinking about that without me asking or doing anything. Like, instantly, the person behind the counter just said, oh, don't worry about it. And I was like, what do you mean? And he's like, just, you know, come back tomorrow and pay. And I was like, what? No, that's not right. You really? And he's like, yeah, like, it's no problem. Like, you'll come back and pay, right? And I was like, I sir, I definitely will. And he's like, okay, then just come back. It doesn't matter to us. Like, just come back and pay tomorrow. 
And I was like, I, I really can't believe that is so generous. Um, and um, I set like a hundred reminders in my phone, wrote it in a notebook in case I lost my phone, go back to this place and pay for this meal. Like that was like so worried that I would forget that. And then like, you know, I don't know, it'd be some terrible reflection, uh, you know, I don't know, on Americans or something. Um, it was just so nice. I really didn't want to uh, miss that. So got the food, went back to the Airbnb, dropped the car off, and then walked into town to this pub and walked back in. You know, at this point, I'm a regular there. You know, if you, the, the, the uh, guy at the door recognized, you know, me and, um, and ended up, somebody ended up buying me a beer and sat at the bar and, you know, had some Guinness, of course. Uh, which does taste better over there. I'm not really sure why, but uh, it, it definitely does. Although it tastes pretty good here too. And so, you know, we're hanging out and talking and I'm like kind of talking to different people uh, at one point, talking to someone who worked at the bar, um, uh, one of the owners or family of the owner or something, and ended up staying there for, for a while and they were uh, closing up. Um, but one of the, uh, bartenders asked if I wanted to join them. They were going to another bar <clears throat> and they asked if I wanted to join them then. I said, of course, like, yeah, that sounds great. So I we went to this other bar, the bar was closed, uh, but the, they had sort of a, um, you know, like an area, they had some pool tables and stuff. And so we were all just kind of hanging out there. There was maybe five or 10, maybe 10 people. Um, in age of probably early 20s to early 30s. And we were just kind of hanging out, playing pool, listening to music, talking. And one of the conversation topics was about uh, the economy in Ireland. And something I didn't know a lot about, really anything about before going over there. And they were talking about um, how the, there really are no jobs in these rural areas. You know, the cities in Ireland has be, begun to be known a little bit as a place for technology companies. They had some very business-friendly uh, tax and other incentives to try to bring some uh, companies to put some headquarters out there, and a, and a, and a handful have done, have done that. And so they talked about that there were jobs, like tech jobs, in the, in the cities, but in the towns they grew up, you know, they, they didn't really want to farm anymore. Um, and that was becoming less and less of an option anyway. But there really weren't any other jobs for them out in those areas. And it was this sort of uh, feeling of um, almost, you know, going towards listlessness. And it is a problem that we have in this country, too, um, in a lot of our rural areas, is a lot of the economic growth that is pushed for is happening around the cities and that we're not really creating um, a pathway for people in rural areas to continue living in those areas and have access to work. Now, some of that might be changing now in 2021 because of the, um, you know, the huge transfer to remote work. But it seems like the main effect that that's had in relation to this has been allowing people who have those jobs already to move out of the cities, not necessarily getting 
people in rural areas who didn't have access to those jobs those jobs. I could definitely be wrong about that. That is just my sense of it. Um, and so it was interesting chatting with these, like, uh, you know, young people out there about all of this and just kind of hearing, you know, outside of the sort of, you know, two-party dynamic in the U.S., right, in just a totally different place, but sharing some really similar problems. And, and the outlook wasn't optimistic. Um, and that is a real concern. Uh, Yuval Noah Harari has written uh, about this a little bit, thinking about the future of economics in, in the United States and how many types of jobs that we're going to be losing, how that uh, often feeds into political instability and political extremism. Um, and generally, from an emotional existential perspective, people feeling like they're not as valuable in the society, that they, they're not as purposeful. Um, and that is a, that's a problem on a lot of levels. And it was a little kind of sad, a, a little interesting to hear about that in this really different context. Um, everybody was really nice. Um, and it was really, it was also fun hanging out with people like this. You know, we hung out until the wee hours of the morning. Um, and I really could not appreciate their like, you know, generosity and, and warmness more. I mean, it was the whole trip, everybody was just so, uh, so kind, um, and welcoming felt really, really good. Um, but that was sort of an interesting reflection that got me thinking a little bit more about that and about what I wanted to, you know, what my role in all of this was going to be job wise. And that leads me to sort of the next, uh, kind of, you know, piece of the story here. So, you know, I'm out around that area for a couple days and I'm driving around, uh, Galway County, Clare County, you know, visit like the cliffs of Moore, which is absolutely, absolutely stunning. Uh, one of the most cool, natural um, environments I've seen. These are these cliffs on the uh, like western edge of Ireland that you've probably seen pictures before. Um, and at the highest point, they are about 700 feet. Uh, above the ocean, the Atlantic Ocean below. Um, and I've got a few pictures there that I will show you, and actually a video um, from when I was there too. So I'll show you that um, real quick. So this is the uh, Cliffs of Moher, the west coast of Ireland. Um, <laughs> uh, I've never really seen anything like this before. Uh, these cliffs just kind of go on forever. Stunning. And so, you know, the Cliffs of Moher was on my like Ireland list, and I was really lucky that I got a sunny day out there so I could watch the sunset a little bit. Um, so that was pretty cool, too. And then I just kind of explored around the area a lot. Um, I met a little doggy friend, uh, which I'll show you a photo of here. Um, and as I was just kind of driving around and just seeing these like green, lush, spaces and these like old stone structures everywhere all over the place you know i spent a little time um uh, driving along the coast as well and it was just stunning these little tiny groupings 
of towns and you know other places I've been actually Nova Scotia was sort of similar felt similar to this the sort of density you know where it's really you know the, the rural is really rural and then there's little tiny groupings of houses and then nothing again for five or ten miles and then small groupings of houses um, which is a little different than the way at least a lot of the U.S. that I've traveled to looks where it's sort of almost more uniformly spread out throughout the rural areas um but uh, I've seen, you know, certainly seen both in the U.S. of that. Uh, saw all sorts of cool things. Old castles. Had some unbelievably good Indian food at a, an Irish pub uh, kind of in the middle of nowhere. I mean, that was like some of the best I've ever had. And so, of course, then looking into why that was true afterwards and learning a little bit more of that history about uh, between the U.K. and India was also kind of interesting. Um, there were sheep everywhere. Uh, I guess Irish wool, that really is quite a thing. Um, and yeah, there were just sheep everywhere. And there's a few sheep that stand out of my mind here uh, because these sheep were, uh, I guess I was adjacent to them as I had uh, a little bit of an epiphany myself about what I wanted to be doing, you know, over the coming years and how I wanted to structure my work. And, you know, this was pretty soon after I had started uh, traveling a little bit, you know, from this Rwanda trip in 2013, and I really, really loved it, but I didn't, you know, I didn't want to stay in hotels or resorts or things like that, and that's fine if, you know, if that's what your uh, kind of vibe is for doing this, but, you know, I really like going out into these places, meeting people, uh, seeing communities, and engaging in them, you know, as genuinely as possible in the short period of time. Um, and that I wanted to do that, not just because it was fun and interesting, but because there was a lot to learn and a lot to connect back to all these other issues that I was thinking about. And so I'm sitting out there and, you know, sort of have this epiphany of the kind of, you know, consulting that I want to do throughout the, the real middle part of my life. You know, I think I may have a little bit of politics left in me, um, in, in the coming years, but I don't want to be doing that uh, for, for, the, for the real meat of my life. Um, you know, I want to be able to travel, see different places, learn about different communities, and help, help them with, with whatever they're working on. You know, bring some of my best practices related to process and, you know, pair that with what the goals in a particular community are and find ways to work in communities to kind of help them solve whatever problems they have. And, you know, that was something that I, you know, had never had as clear of a thought about until this moment. And it prompted me, actually, when I came back from this trip, uh, I created uh, really in, the, in the, the first time in a really formal form. I had some notes and documents and stuff, but I made, you know, a spreadsheet that I've been using since then to track out my goals about seven or 10 years into the future um, of what I want to be working on and the kind of way that what I need to learn, what impact I want to have, how I want to be living, things like that. And I came back and I was living in South Orange at the time and moved out of the apartment that I was in. Um, it was a little expensive and um, I realized that, you know, I did my finances, did my own personal budget and realized that there was just really no way that I was going to come out with any savings at the end of that. And I really wanted to travel when my term was up in South Orange. 
in 2015 and to save money um, uh, or to not end up negative, which might have been the direction had I stayed in that apartment, depending on how closely I cut some of my other expenses, um, you know, I realized that to really save anything at all to come to be above zero, I would need to move out. Um, and so I moved back with my parents and spent, you know, the last most of my last year as a mayor living at home, which was sort of interesting. You know, student loans piling up and the salaries that we took at our company. I mean, most of the money that we brought in, we just kind of reinvested into hiring more people. And I wanted to save, you know, a, a few dollars to travel uh, after my term ended, and, and which I did. You know, I spent a couple months after that, not just uh, uh, spending some time with some friends, Iceland and then Spain, uh, but then traveling for about two months in Rwanda and Uganda and ending up with a sort of vacation. And I was doing work through that time that was working and then took a little vacation um, in South Africa and Botswana way, way, way out there, which I'll do another episode or two about. And so I had that realization in Ireland on these cliffs, looking at these sheep, looking out at the ocean, um, and it really changed how I thought about where I was going in my life and what I really wanted to do, which was I can't sit in an office. Um, you know, I, I, I can't stay in one place for many, many years, and I don't want to do that. And there are a bunch of reasons for that. But what I realized and probably had been slowly learning for years, but it was at this point that I really realized it, was that my preferences for my own personal life, wanting to see and learn and experience so much of the world, uh, is actually aligned with my work, uh, which is a very intense and thorough deep dive into a project to help uncover issues and you know connect some of the dots that will help set them up for success in the long term. And that that really aligns with the actual needs of many organizations and governments and communities who have had absent or problematic leadership that's created some really serious challenges. That they need someone to come in, really zoom out, bring some different perspectives and best practices, and then overhaul things. You know, I've talked about the potential value of transitional leadership before, and it's something we'll be coming back to in the series. But I sort of realized that all of these things actually come together in a nice way. And all of my work since then has more intentionally fallen into that framework. You know, from the leadership development program I designed for Run for America uh, to the public information engagement program I just redesigned and implemented for Sustainable Jersey and to the way that I worked uh, in both towns that I was the business administrator in, um, where I only intended to stay for about two budget years, you know, about, about a year and a half or two years um, in each town both of which had some really serious leadership vacuums and some really big uh, problems where they needed someone to overhaul things. Um, but then that person um, can hand that off to someone with a different skill set, you know, who's going to see those changes through in a more long-term timeline. Um, and that's really the way that I think about my work. And that happened from Ireland um, and, and that trip. And so I really have a special place in my heart for that trip, not just because people were so friendly. And yes, I did make it back to that uh, restaurant and paid them back um, for uh, for loaning me that food. And what's funny, even I'll show you a picture here. Uh, Ireland's ATMs are even friendly because they don't have any fees. And they seem to make a point of saying that. So that was kind of interesting. Um, 
But this, yeah, this, so I had the soft spot for how kind people were and how beautiful the sites were and how rich the history was and how interesting the culture was, but also because it was a, a big moment for me in thinking about how I wanted to work in the future, what works well for me based on my strengths and weaknesses, what's most interesting to me, how I can build a life around doing things in a way that works for me, which is getting to see new places, getting to meet new people, helping communities with the challenges they have, but not planning on staying there permanently, um, but getting to do that for a short period of time and moving on to another place. So that's my reflection on my trip to Ireland. Uh, there's a lot more there, but uh, I want to try and keep these episodes short. So if you like it, if you have any thoughts, let me know what you think. I'd love to hear from you. And if you have any experiences of traveling that uh, gave you some reflections like this, you know, reach out to me on email or social and let me know. I'd love to hear about them. Hey, everyone. Alex here. If you want to find show notes, sources, and more information, you can do so in the YouTube description or online on my website at rethinkingwithalextorpy.com. Please don't hesitate to reach out to me with any questions or feedback at alex at rethinkingwithalextorpy.com or on social media. And if you liked what you heard, please consider leaving a positive review, subscribing, liking, or sharing this episode with a friend. Thanks again for listening.